Welcome to SDS 101, Introduction to Social Development. In week 2, you learn about the different theories and models of development and examine them by comparing and contrasting their effects using the Philippine development experience. For week 3, your learning outcome is to explain the causes and implications of development gap. Please be guided by the presentation number 3. Also, please be advised that you are strictly not allowed to reproduce share, post, or utilize these materials other than for its intended purpose of instructing you on the topics in SDS 101, Introduction to Social Development. If you have questions about our lecture, feel free to reach out to your professors. The objectives of our lecture today are, first, to identify national indicators being used to define development status, Second, to understand how development gap constrained the development process. And third, examine the need and importance of addressing the development gaps and inequality. Development means the way in which a country seeks to improve economically and raise the standards of living for its inhabitants. We can also recall from our week 1 lecture that development as defined by Todoro is a multidimensional process involving changes in social structures, poor attitudes in national institutions, as well as the acceleration of economic growth, the reduction of inequality, and the reduction of absolute poverty. In this process, there occurs a widening difference in levels of development between the world's richest and poorest countries within countries, for example, between regions or between urban and rural areas, and this refers to development gap. Also, development gap is caused by the unjust economic and sociopolitical structures that distort and constrain the development process. Distortion of the development process could be seen in the penchant of governments in using some national indicators that do not really reflect the development status of the country. If you could recall in the previous lessons, we discussed and defined GDP being the measure of a country's wealth. GNP or Gross National Product is similar but also includes income from overseas investment. However, these indicators do not really tell us the reality. GNP as an indicator hides inequalities within a country. Moreover, it has been observed in the past that GNP rate does not always translate to improvement of the quality of life or simply food at a poor family's table. This is also the reason why other indicators of development that include non-economic factors such as health and environmental status are being promoted. National economic indicators do not always show whether the fruits of economic progress are distributed equitably or how this translates to the actual improvements on the ground. This tells us that the development process has always been distorted, resulting in prosperity for some but continued poverty for many others. That's according to Midgley. And the gap between the rich and the poor is widening and increasing. According to UNDP, Income inequality is on the rise, with the richest 10% earning up to 40% of the total global income, while the poorest 10% earns only between 2% and 7% of the global income. Globally, the Philippines ranks 106 in terms of the Human Development Index, where inequality is one of the indicators. Income inequality, as measured by the Gini coefficient in 2019 for the Philippines, is 0 0.401, that's according to UNDP. The Gini coefficient ranges from 0 to 1, with 0 representing perfect equality and 1 representing perfect inequality. We still have a long way to go. 
we have seen in our society that the poorest members of the population are the most affected. Many have suffered from lack of food to eat. According to ADB, 16.6% of the Philippine population lived below the national poverty line in 2018, and the proportion of employed population below $1.90 purchasing power parity a day in 2019 is 2.7%. Poverty and inequality have affected the poor families and most vulnerable sectors in our society and have suffered from limited to no access to food, health care, and education, among others. Many Filipino children are on the streets trying to live. According to the Philippine Statistics Authority's 2017 Annual Poverty Indicator Survey, 9% of the estimated 39.2 million Filipinos aged 6 to 24 are out of school, children, and youth, or OSCY. OSCY refers to the family members 6 to 14 years old who are not attending formal school and family members 15 to 24 years old who are currently out of school, not gainfully employed, and have not finished college or post-secondary course. According to the Philippine Statistics Authority, the top four reasons why children and youth are unable to attend school are first, marriage or family matters, second, lack of personal interest, third, high cost of education or financial concern, and fourth, employment or they are already looking for work. The latter reason tells us that the cost of education is not affordable or accessible to the poor, and it also tells us that as young as they are, children and youth are trying to earn a living due to poverty. This is how the unjust economic and sociopolitical processes constrain development. For example, if education is a right and provides for social mobility, then it should be made available for the sociopolitical structures. The same condition is true in the context of health services, which are inaccessible to the poor, thereby also preventing them from participating fully in development. The feeling of helplessness is exacerbated by poor people's inability to access health and education. This may result in a vicious cycle of poverty and the inability to become self-reliant, productive, and fully skilled members of the society. The Family Income and Expenditure Survey in the country, looking at 2015 and 2018 data respectively, show that only 2.3% and 1.5% respectively were allotted for education. This percentage of income being allotted for education is very small compared with what is being allotted for food, especially for the bottom 30% income group, which is 59.6% in 2015 and 58.2% in 2018. In addition to the feeling of helplessness, the inability of the economy to grow rapidly and generate quality employment in sectors with large numbers of the poor also constrained the poor in terms of opportunities to escape deprivation and increase the probability of the non-poor to become poor. This is the reason why poverty reduction in the country has been slow compared with other Asian countries. That's according to Asian Development Bank. The poverty reduction in the country is very slow at 0.47% per year. Moreover, recent economic growth in the country has been focused or confined in few sectors, such as the export-oriented semiconductor industry, telecommunications, business process outsourcing, real estate, housing, and retail trade. 
Most of these are in the service sectors, which are being supported by remittances from overseas Filipino workers to their families in the Philippines operating small businesses. This is the reason why not enough quality jobs are created and why poverty incidents and inequality have not improved so much in the recent years. Sectors that will create more jobs has also not been performing well. These include agriculture, manufacturing, and industry. That's also according to Asian Development Bank. Slide 11 shows us one of the many aspects we can see how we want to change our perspective and realities in terms of development. A developed country isn't a place where the poor have cars. It's where the rich use public transportation. Slide 12, on the other hand, shows us the words used to describe development levels. And the words used to describe development levels are part of the events that occurred in the past. The North and the South, the rich and the poor countries distinction came about during the Industrial Revolution. During the Industrial Revolution, most countries like United Kingdom, France, Germany, United States, Japan, and Russia, the countries in the Northern Hemisphere advanced through the new ideas and use of technologies, while the countries from Asia, Africa, and Latin America failed to failed to avail the fruits of industrial revolution. This state of affairs divided the world into two distinctive parts, the rich and the poor countries, the north and the south. While the concept of the third world and first world came about in mid-20th century as a way of mapping the various players in the Cold War, or this is what they call the three worlds concept of geopolitics. Andrews, in his article, Why Are Countries Classified as First, Second, or Third World, explained that First World included the United States and its capitalist allies in places such as Western Europe, Japan, and Australia. The Second World consisted of the Communist Soviet Union and its Eastern European satellites. The Third World, meanwhile, encompassed all the other countries that were not actively aligned with either side in the Cold War. These were often the impoverished former European colonies and included nearly all the nations of Africa, Middle East, Latin America, and Asia. The recent terminologies being used for third world are developing countries and lower and lower middle income countries, while second world is obsolete because of the collapse of the Soviet Union. Health and social problems are worse in more unequal countries. In order to improve the world's population well-being, there is a need for more equal societies. You're reading on five reasons why we need to reduce global inequality will expound on this. The references that we use for this lecture can be found in slide number 14. It is now time for you to examine one of the project outputs of Science and Technology Community Based for Inclusive Development or STC4ID for selected farmers and fisher folks in Magallanes or Sagon. This is a three-year project funded by the DOSD Picard that aims to establish a sustainable and resilient agriculture, aquatic, and natural resources or AANR-based SNT community livelihood and promote inclusive development for the residents of Barangay Biga. Summary paper about the project has been prepared for your case analysis input number one. This is just an overview of the local of the study. See additional details in your summary paper. The local of the study is at Biga Magallanes or Sogon, situated at Bagatao Island in the province of Sorsogon Region 5, Philippines. It is surrounded by water and is rich in aquatic resources. The barangay is a typical fishing community where fishing activity is the backbone of all other economic activity on the island. The study utilizes a descriptive research design comprising both 
quantitative and qualitative approach to research. The quantitative method made use of interview, while the qualitative approach employed in-depth interview, focus group discussion, and observation. A detailed socioeconomic profile of the community, including community needs and recommendations, were analyzed using primary and secondary data. Extensive fieldwork helped in generating feedback on a wider range of issues, including viewpoints, priorities, and problems of the community. The assets of the community, which are grouped into financial, human, social, physical, and natural, are summarized in slide number 18. Meanwhile, slide 19 provides an overview of the market assessment at Barangay Biga. Please refer to the summary paper for additional details on the community profile. Examine the summary paper and be guided by the question in your learning guide to complete your case analysis input number one. That's all for our lecture and I hope that we were able to beat our objectives for this lecture. Thank you and have a great week.